What's going on, everybody? Thanks for checking out this episode of The Show, The Podcast. Be sure to leave a five-star review, and I'll shout you out in the next episode. Do you want even more content? Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at KDJTV611, or follow me on Twitch, subscribe to me on YouTube. The handles are the same. It's KDJTV. But without further ado, I know why you guys are here. Let's go play some ball. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show, the podcast, episode 50-something. I always often forget. Um, thank you guys so much for all the love in last week's episode. Mike Drow was an awesome guest. Uh, he took time out of his very busy schedule to record with me. I think we had a great conversation about a lot of different stuff. We touched on a lot of different topics. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, it's on YouTube if you guys want to listen, if you haven't listened yet. Obviously, also on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, um, even though this is not a place where I sing, so there'll be no music here. Um, we got a kind of a, a big episode today as far as um, dense. It's going to be dense with a lot of numbers, but I think, you know, last year my finest predictions were pretty on uh, on par, so I'm hoping I'm on base again. Um, before we jump into that, just a, a quick couple of housekeeping notes. Um, this week's stream schedule... Um, Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday, 9 a.m. I have normally been streaming two weekdays and one weekend, um, but the other day that I would have liked to stream this week, I actually am recording this podcast with a guest. So, um, that's going to be cool. I'll hit you guys with more information on that after we record. He's really down to be on. He's a really super interesting guy with a really cool story about how he got into content creation. So, um, super stoked to have him on. Really thankful he's going to be on as well. So Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern, Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern. Our weekend a.m. streams have been fucking incredible. You guys have been showing so much love and having a lot of fun. They've been very kind of low-maintenance, chill, talking-in-chat type of streams with some grinding. Really not a ton of stuff, so it's been a lot of fun. Um, Also, big things coming this week. October 5th, new monthly awards. Probably Lightning Tyler O'Neill question mark, I think. Uh, I hope so. going to be a, a crazy card. He's got a great swing. Uh, also on October 5th, new postseason event. Um, it's part one of four of the event, so you're going to have forever and a day to get the rewards from that one. And uh, October 8th, the postseason programs start with wild card players. If you guys remember last year, the postseason programs had some incredible cards. That 99 Corey Seager ended up being an endgame middle infielder. So um, definitely, definitely, definitely focus on those. Pay attention to those. Um, Monday, the day I'm recording, well, actually, no, I'm recording on a Sunday today. I got so in the rhythm of recording on Monday. I'm recording on Sunday, but Monday, um, the day before you are listening to this, new World Series, new ranked season, uh, Lou Gehrig and Billy Wagner. Lou Gehrig's about to be the grossest card you've ever seen, and Billy Wagner's gonna, uh, haunt your dreams. So, uh, really good World Series rewards this time after just a dog shit Josh Donaldson and Eric Davis last time. Um... Well, let's just get in. Let's get into the meat. Let's get into the meat and potatoes. Thus, the the finest. We're gonna we're gonna predict the finest cards. Uh, for new players who don't know what finest is, welcome. Thank you for being here. Finest is MLB the show's way of honoring every team's top performers at the end of the season. It's kind of like the All Star Game. Every team's got to get one, and that has made this an exceptionally painstaking process because there are some teams. I'm looking at you, Rangers and Diamondbacks, um, who don't deserve a player at all. 
They just don't. They've been dog shit awful. They've been terrible. Um, but I, I've predicted, every team I've predicted, um, some teams where I was on the fence, I gave you two options, which sounds like cheating, um, but it's my show, and I make the rules, so it's not cheating. Uh, and also, you'll notice that for some teams... I went against the grain for who was having the best season versus the card I think we're going to get. This is not me saying who had the best season for every team. This is me saying who I think is going to get the card. That's based off a lot of things. It's based off uh, popularity of that player amongst fans in the meta, if that makes sense. It's also based on like who already has a high diamond, and will that finest card that he could get really be much different than the card he already has. So, that went into a lot. This, this I, I took my time doing this. I took about an hour and a half coming up with this list. I, I looked at stats, I looked at splits, I was going across all sorts of, you know, which cards we already had, which cards we don't have, which cards we're still waiting for. Um, you'll see what I mean about that much later on. But I, I, think, I think I have a decent list here. My goal is to hit on 50% of these. Now, another caveat. Last year, a lot of teams got multiple players, but only one per team was considered, like, the finest card. The rest were kind of just, like, extra cards you could get um, that were also finest-related, but they, like, weren't, like, like the Yankees' finest. Um, you know, Garrett Cole was, like, the extra card on top of the Yankees' finest. So, we're going to do our best here. We are assuming... That finest is back because they've been giving us a few little finest cards here and there. We are also assuming finest will be Team Affinity 5. I don't see how it's not at this point. It's just a guess by a lot of us, but it's a really, really educated one. So I'm pretty sure Team Affinity 5 is going to be finest. Um, so let's just hop right on into it. I've got a list of stats and names. We're going to fucking start at the top. We're going division order. Um... Starting with the American League, we're going to go with the Baltimore Orioles. It has to be Cedric Mullins. So, here's the thing. I said I'm not going to repeat cards with high diamonds, but you look at that roster and you tell me who it could be. It has to be Cedric Mullins. Dude had a 30-30 season. Um, 277 versus lefties. Pretty good. Uh, nine home runs versus lefties. Not great, but he also you also have to remember he didn't face lefties as often. I think a Cedric Mullins card... Uh, finest is going to be gross. I think it's going to be disgusting. I think if they give him, like, 115 contacts at least, at least, plus, like, 90 power, really, really good. The thing is, it, it another caveat with Finest while we're jumping into it here, I don't know what SDS is going to do. SDS can be really, really literal with these players' stats or just boost them to gargantuan levels but then still balance them based off the player. So it, it's going to be very strange. SDS has taken many liberties with, with attributes this year. Normally I don't complain about that, but the liberties have been inconsistent. So it's hard to predict what's about to happen. But, I mean, you look at the Orioles. Cedric Mullins is the only guy worth talking about. Like, Ryan Mountcastle is going to be Rookie of the Year. Cedric Mullins had such a much better season. Well, Arena might be Rookie of the Year, but Mountcastle will at the very least get a ton of votes. Um... But either way, you look at Mullins' season, like the dude was a couple years ago sent down to double A. The, the, it's Cedric Mullins. Uh, we're not going to spend a ton of time on all of these, by the way, but we're going to dive into the ones we think we need to dive into. Uh, Boston, I think it's going to be Devers, and let me explain the Red Sox. So Devers, Bogarts, and Renfro 
already have high diamonds. Devers did hit 38 home runs, and his split is almost equal. 278 versus lefty, 280 versus righty. So he's going to have a very balanced contact, theoretically pretty pretty similar power. His defense was better this year. I could see him starting at like in a 78-79 fielding, which is good for him because you parallel him against that gold. Um, but he does have the high diamond, so I could see them going with someone like Alex Verdugo. Verdugo's a fan favorite amongst Boston people. Um, good contact hitter with some sneaky pop. He doesn't often use it. Decent speed, hose of an arm, good fielder. He had a finest last year. So, pretty similar to that card, I think. Um, I just don't know. I mean, people want a Devers that's goaded across the board. And I think this is their chance to get it. Uh, we go to the Yankees. So, here we go here. I'm a Yankees fan. Yankees just clinched a wild card. Or, definitely, yeah. Yankees just clinched a wild card spot today. Today's my, my brain is putting today because baseball has been driving me insane. Um, Yankees clinched a playoff spot. I watch the Yankees a lot. I'm a Yankees fan. Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton already have cards that I don't think a finest would be any different than. I think the cards are pretty much what they'd be. Like, I mean, you could maybe give Stanton a finest with a little more contact, but his power is going to be the same. I just don't know. So in the effort to make sure we get enough pitchers in the mix here, Jonathan Loisica, Johnny Lasagna, Johnny Tsunami, he's the guy I'm giving the finest to. There are some people who might be Maybe not super baseball fans who don't know who the fuck Jonathan Lasagna is. Jonathan Lawisica is his actual name. He is uh, a right-handed relief pitcher who came up as a starter. The Yankees quickly realized he had no fucking control, said, you're going to be in the bullpen. And what has he done? He's been incredible this year. Incredible. In 70.2 innings, 69, very nice, strikeouts. 1.02 1.02 whip, so he limits base runners, hits and walks, and he's got a power sinker that today he struck out Nelson Cruz with at 98 on the inside, just diving at his knee. Like, insane pitch. Loisica, if you give him like a 97 overall card with decent control, is going to be a problem. He's going to be a problem. Give Jonathan Loisica the finest. For Tampa Bay. It could be Randy Rosarena. He did have a 2020 season, but I think it's going to be Lau. Brandon Lau had 39 ding-dongs, hit 270 versus right, and a yucky 198 versus left. He's going to be a platoon bat, but people love Brandon Lau. And even though he's already got a player of the month, this card would theoretically be better because you would juice all of his power, even against lefties, and he'd have basically max versus right. It's a, it's a, it is a good card. It's a very good card, but the problem is... The, the batting average versus left almost makes him unstartable. Uh, but again, it all depends on how they juice. Toronto. You could pick literally any fucking player in that lineup. Almost. Outside of Danny Jansen or Alejandro Kirk. Uh, I'm going with Bo Bichette. He's the one Toronto slugger who does not yet have a super high diamond. He is one of the most exciting players in baseball. And when I was watching the most recent Yankees-Blue Jays series, it made me jealous that he's not on the Yankees. Very few players make me feel that way. Like, I watch Vlad Jr., I watch Shohei, and I'm like, holy shit, they're so fun. I watch Bo Bichette, and I'm like, oh my god, put this guy in pinstripes. I, he has so much energy. He hit 298 this season, 29 homers, 25 stolen bases. His speed is criminally underrated in on his live series card. He is quick. Uh, 340 versus left. He would be an absolute stud against lefties in MLB The Show. I know it's a very right-handed, heavy pitching meta, but the dude is something else. Give this man the 99 he deserves. 
and he, they fixed his swing this year. So give him, give him the shit he deserves. Uh, next, we're going to move to the AL Central. Look at the Indians, and you're like, oh, my God, this dumpster fire of a, of a franchise. They're not even the Indians anymore. They're the Guardians. Uh, but we're going to give Emmanuel Classe the big old finest. 71 games, 69.2 innings. He had 74 strikeouts and a 1.29 ERA. He was one of the only bright spots on this team. He only allowed 51 hits and 16 walks. So he's going to have a nice, juicy hits per nine, good control, probably not great control because they'd have to balance him out a little bit, but good control, and he's going to have a cutter with outlier. That's a dirty card. Dirty, dirty card. It's going to be class A. Detroit, I'm praying. I'm hands, hands to God, praying on my knees that we get Big Jamer Candelario back. His finest last year was so much fun to use. His finest was so much fun to use. Switch hitter, corner um, corner infielder. This year, he hit 271, 16 home runs. He's not a power guy, but 42 doubles. He's got sneaky, like, gap power. So he could have 75, 80 power, and it's playable. His splits are almost identical. 273 versus left, 270 versus right. He's going to be useful. Last year, that card was a goon against lefties. Pretty sure he was max or damn close to max against lefties. Probably a little more balanced this year, but that might not be bad. That might make him more playable. I love Big Jamer. His defense sucks donkey dick. However, I think he's worth it. For the White Sox, um, this one was tough. Tim Anderson already has a 99. Louie Bob already has a 98. Yasmani already has an endgame catcher card. I'm going off the grid. You know, it might be the popular pick to then say Jose Abreu who still does deserve an MVP card. But I think I think we're going to get Dylan Cease, man. Dylan Cease broke out this year in 165.2 innings, 226 strikeouts. Dude was a menace. And in 165.2 innings, only 139 hits. That's going to be a good hit per nine. A 68 walks, a little bit high. But, like, he's got the stuff. He's got the stuff. I think Dylan Cease might be a sneaky... Sneaky finest pick. And this might me be... I might be being galaxy brain. You know, I might be overthinking and trying to be too smart for my own good. Please tell me if I am. But I look at cards we have. I look at cards that would be fun. I look at cards that we want. And give me Dylan Cease. Give me Dylan Cease. Um, for the Royals, it has to be Salvi. There's nobody else on that team who deserves a card after the season he's had. 48 home runs and he hit 273, which is his highest batting average since 213. He's a good defensive catcher. Is he slower than, than absolute, like a dead corpse on the street? Yes. However, 262 versus lefties. I'm sorry, versus righties. He had 262 versus righties. I mean, his card might be identical to the All-Star Game card or the Home Run Derby card. It's going to look very similar to both of those. But man, give him to me. I want another Salvi. I think if you juice him against righties just enough, he is your endgame starting catcher. He's going to be so good. Um, if they want to go different and against the grain, you can go Josh Stalmont, their reliever, power pitcher, uh, more than a strikeout per nine this year. But how do you ignore Salvi? You can't. You can't ignore Salvi. For Minnesota, another barren wasteland of a team, um, Byron Buxton might be the popular pick. He did miss a lot of time. So that's kind of factored into my decisions here is like, 
who missed time, who was traded at the deadline and, and switched teams, who wasn't, you know, who wasn't with the team enough. So I'm going with Jorge Polanco. I know he's got the tops now, but I think we can give him a better card. He's got just absolute dog shit defense, but he's got a really good swing. 33 homers, 11 steals. Give the guy a 98 or 99 finest and let people use him. Um, you know, it, it might be the play. Moving on. The Astros. Trash cans. Um, think of last year's Kyle Tucker and think a little better. So we're going to get, a, I think, a finest Kyle Tucker. Again, the Astros have a handful of good players. We can get several finest. We could get a, you know, a finest Correa, a finest Jordan. We can get a lot of guys, even a finest Lance McCullers. I think we're going to get Kyle Tucker. 30 homers and 14 steals. The guy had a great season. He hit 297 versus right and 286 versus left. Like he, he was good enough against lefties. His swing is butter. His finest card last year was very, very good. Maybe not endgame for a lot of people, but people who enjoyed events or enjoyed fucking around and doing some teams, Kyle Tucker was worth it. So give me that card again. The Angels, um, we already have a Shohei that's the best it can get. It sucks that Mike Trout didn't play. Uh, Jared Walsh stopped hitting really in the second half. So it's Rysel Iglesias. 103 strikeouts in 70 innings. He's gross. 53 hits, only 12 walks. That's 65 base runners in 70 innings. Uh, Rysel is filthy. He throws hard. He's got a little funky delivery. Uh, give me Rysel Iglesias. For Oakland, I'm going with the second best starting pitcher on their team. So Frankie Montas just got up to gold. Frankie Montas has had an incredible, incredible second half. I made 325000 off the roster update because I saved Frankie Montas's for about six weeks. Um... He's been disgusting. But give me Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett's a feel-good story that the dude got hit in the head with a line drive and came back to the mound not long after. He's got a funky windup, sinker cutter, so he throws the meta pitches, and SDS knows he's a fan favorite. He was good, went on the mound this year. 159 Ks and 157.1 innings over 27 starts. I mean, is Chris Bassett going to be the best pitcher in the game? No. But he's going to have the movement and the meta pitches to be worth your time. So just give me Chris Bassett. I think it's fun. Uh, Seattle, heartbreak in Seattle today. What an incredible season by the Mariners, led by the guy I jokingly call one one ball Mitch because of that terrible accident that made him miss a long time. But M- Mitch Haniger, Mitch Haniger had 39 home runs this year and a 2.53 average. He's good enough in the field. He's got an incredible swing, one of my favorite swings in the game. Mitch Haniger, I consistently get barreled exit velos with that man. Um, you know. Is it going to be a card you write home about? Not necessarily. It's going to have at least 110 pop versus both sides. That's really good. Um, but you can't look at Mitch Haniger's season and, and ignore it. Mitch Haniger was great. Uh, the other option, if they want to go off the grid, you can go Casey Sadler. Casey Sadler had a wacky fucking delivery. Uh, he had a .67 ERA and 40.1 innings out of the bullpen. It's another option if they're trying to get more relievers in the mix. Uh, I could see it happening. For the Rangers, this was the hardest team. This was the hardest team to pick. Uh, tie. Tied for the hardest team to pick with the Diamondbacks, and we'll get to them later. But I'm going with Nate Lowe. Or, as I found out now, he goes by Nathaniel Lowe. Um, Adolis Garcia had a dog shit second half. None of their pitchers were good. Kyle Gibson, their only good pitcher, got traded to the Phillies. So, Nathaniel Lowe. Uh, he hit 264, 277 versus left, so reverse platoon. 18 homers in 157 games. It'll be a throwaway card with high contact, not a, not a ton of power. Um, he's got a decent swing, but I, 
I mean, if you if you think I'm missing somebody on Texas, please tell me. Prove me wrong. I just don't effing know who who it would be. Uh, that wraps it up for the AL. Let, let's quickly hit these ads and jump right back into the NL. I think we're on, we're on a hot streak right now. We're, we're grooving through this. Um, but we're going to start with our friends at Thrive Fantasy. I'm recording on an NFL football Sunday. If you were playing Thrive Fantasy today, you might have made some bread. Uh, I'm very excited to work with Thrive Fantasy. It's a daily fantasy sports app based around player props. Thrive Fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research like those other DFS apps because it only asks you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. To play MLB games on Thrive Fantasy, choose 5 out of the 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on how likely it is to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points possible and you could win a share of the prize pool. If you're looking to play games and make money during the MLB playoffs, the NFL season, NBA is coming soon. Use promo code THESHOWTHEPOD when you sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and you'll receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by going online to www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Next, Dugout Creative. Just buy their shirts. Um, Super cool, comfy shirts, long sleeves, hoodies, short sleeve hoodies. Uh, Dugout Creative is just a place for you. With code KDJTV, you can get 15% off your entire order. Uh, Support your favorite content creators. Support me if you so choose. Uh, But use code KDJTV, 15% off your entire order at dugoutcreative.com. Dugout Creative, be curious, be adaptable. Finally, Rogue Energy. This shit carried me to World Series this season. It carried me to my 12-0 Battle Royale. I went flawless last week, and if you guys did not listen to the Mike Drow episode, you had no idea. But Rogue Hydration Dragon Fruit Mango. Buy this and be cracked. I I don't know what else I can say. It's a fantastic tasting uh, gaming energy. It fully, completely dissolves in water. There's no sediment, sandy bullshit left at the bottom. And it tastes so good. The hydration formula doesn't have the caffeine. So if you're worried about staying up all night, you won't be doing that. But it does lock you in. Completely locks you in. So if you do use coupon code, excuse me, KDJTV uh, at checkout, you get 10% off your entire order for Rogue Energy. That's RogueEnergy.com, KDJTV, 10% off your entire order. All right, we just speed read the ads, and we're going to hop into the National League as I hit my microphone. I'm sorry I hit the microphone. Um, we're starting with the Atlanta Braves, and it could be Freddie Freeman. We're still due the Freddie Freeman MVP card, but Austin Riley is going to get MVP votes. He's not going to win MVP. It's going to be Bryce Harper or Tatis, Dark Horse being Soto. Riley's going to get a couple votes. Uh, the dude hit 303 this year with 33 homers and 33 doubles, a complete breakout season. 274 versus left is good, not great. It'll probably get him to like a 90 or 100 contact on a finest card. But here's my worry. Only three of his 33 home runs in 135 at-bats came against lefties. He's not going to have a ton of power against left unless SDS cheats. And SDS does cheat sometimes. They know Austin Riley deserves a high card. They know fans want Austin Riley's high card. However, his power, if they were being legitimate against lefties, would not be good. He'd probably have close to max or absolutely max against righties. Um, He'd be the weird reverse platoon bench bat, I think, because his fielding is just okay. It's not good. Uh, But Austin Riley's probably the pick. Moving to Miami, it has to be a pitcher because their offense is dreadful. Uh, It's Sandy Alcantara. Sandy has been a a revelation in the second half. 
overall in the season, 205.2 innings, which is incredible for a pitcher nowadays to uh, eclipse the 200-inning threshold, with 201 Ks. So he didn't quite get a strikeout per nine innings. However, he, he really greatly improved his strikeout numbers in the second half. He was not a strikeout pitcher in the first half, which is weird because he's a power pitcher, but he very much improved in the second half. He's got a power sinker that will fit perfectly into the meta. He also only allowed 171 hits in those 205 innings, so he'll have a nice hits per nine. Think like a 108, maybe, before the parallel system. So, like, it'll be playable. It'll be playable. He did walk 50, so his control might be a little shoddy. But I think Sandy Alcantara will be a good card. Moving to the Mets, this is a fan-favorite Battle Royale card. He's got a sinker cutter. It's none other than Marcus Stroman. Marcus Stroman was excellent this year. He got bumped up to a gold in the last roster update, finally. He's deserved it. Um, 179 innings pitched, 161 hits allowed. He's not a power pitcher. He's not going to dominate you with strikeouts unless he you know, starts dotting corners. He's going to be a pitch-to-contact, high-movement type of pitcher. He might be pretty filthy. He throws all the meta stuff. I think it's Marcus Stroman. I mean, you look at Pete Alonso. He's already got a home run derby champion card that's going to be better than any live series finest. Um, Nimmo had a good second half. I don't see him getting a card. Uh, like Trevor Megill, the starter, was good, but ugh, I don't want that. Uh, I don't know who else it could be. Aaron Loop probably is the other option. It's either Marcus Stroman or Aaron Loop. Aaron Loop had like a one-something ERA as a lefty specialist, but SDS still has him as a bronze. So it's very clear that they're not paying attention to Aaron Loop. Um, and because of that, it's going to be Marcus Stroman. I hope I'm wrong, because Aaron Loop finest would be gross. Funky delivery is a lefty, but I, I I don't know. You look at the lack of attention they gave him this year and tell me I'm wrong. Um, for the Phillies, two options here. Here's option. I'm going to start with option two because I have less to say about him. But Ranger Suarez, look out. He might get one. 1.36 ERA in 106 innings primarily as a starter. Ranger Suarez was a gold this year out of nowhere. People are like, who the fuck is Ranger Suarez? He had a good year. I think the guy who's actually going to get it, though, is Zach Wheeler. You can't look at his numbers and ignore them. He's a Cy Young candidate. 213.1 innings and 247 strikeouts. Only allowed 169 hits. That screams 115 hits per nine minimum. Minimum. He throws a power sinker. He's got a nice windup to play with. He would be a gross 98 or 99 overall finest. Finally, for the Nationals in the National League East, uh, it's got to be Juan Soto. Juan Soto is, is a very good case to make here. So, last year's Juan Soto finest was arguably the best offensive card ever created. Damn close. Incredible power. He was basically a maxed out hitter. Fielding was terrible, but I didn't care because he, in the meta last year, he was fine in the field for me. This year, Juan Soto's profile is a little different. He's now a right fielder and a much better fielder. Just in general, he's better in the field. This card will probably start with gold fielding. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. He hit 313 with 29 home runs this year. He went through a torrid, torrid stretch in September. That was like otherworldly. But the 29 home runs are not a ton for Soto. I could see them this year giving him max contact, 80 fielding, and like 100 power versus left, 100 power versus right, and it completely being an incredibly playable card because of his swing. I can see it happening. I could be wrong. 
It depends on how serious SDS wants to get with making stats realistic. That, that's, that's the caveat with all of this stuff. But a Soto that's that balanced with that high of contact, his swing will play. That 100 power is going to feel like 125. It would be disgusting. be absolutely gross. Juan Soto this year should get MVP votes. He should absolutely get MVP votes. Moving to the NL Central, starting with the Cubs. The Cubs are a barren wasteland, friends. Uh, everybody good on their team is gone. Frank Schwindel, who's been a revelation, hitting 342 and 222 at-bats, just got a player of the month uh, henchman, I guess you'd call him. He didn't play a lot, 222 at-bats. I think that's why, for me, I'm holding him back from being the finest. I think they're going to do something cool and like honor the last standing Cub. And it's going to be Wilson Contreras? <laughs> I, I hope I'm wrong, because a, a juicy Frank Schwindel might be fun. But Contreras is 237 with a 340 batting average, 21 home runs. He is what he is. He's a low contact, decent pop, pretty good defensive catcher who can play like left and third. So, not a card people are going to use. I, again, I, I could be wrong on a lot of these. I could be missing guys. I tried my best to do the research. But I just, it's either Schwindel or Contreras. They could maybe throw Ortega a bone. He had, he had a nice stretch, but he didn't play a ton either. That's the problem with the Cubs. A lot of their guys who have been playing lately were only second-half players because they traded all their stars. So, I don't know. For the Reds, Joey Votto's already got a card. Jesse Winker's already got a card. Castellanos already has a card. Naquin has a card. That brings me to Jonathan India, who's, if not the Rookie of the Year, getting votes. The dude hit 297 versus left and 269 on the season with 21 home runs. He's going to be a left-handed hitting or a left-handed facing demon. Got a fantastic swing, pretty good in the field. I believe he can play a couple infield positions. Uh, give me Jonathan India. I, I very much look, look forward to that. The other options are Tyler Molly. That's not fun. He, I think he throws a cutter, but that's, you know, I don't want that. Milwaukee, um, it's either going to be Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff. Again, could be both. But Corbin Burns... I'm afraid. I'm afraid of Corbin Burns. So this year, well, we know he has a power and power sinker and a cutter. Both those pitches off the bat. Power sinker cutter makes him meta. We know what his player of the month card looked like, or player of the month boss. Um, he only threw 167 innings, so his stamina won't be great. His stamina will probably be maybe like a, a hundred, somewhere in that realm. But he had 234 strikeouts, so his K's per nine, probably max. Only 123 hits allowed. His hits per nine could be close to max. I'm afraid. I'm afraid for Corbin Burns. Very much so. For Pittsburgh, um, it unfortunately has to be Brian Reynolds, and I say unfortunately because we already have a very high diamond Brian Reynolds. I love Brian Reynolds' swing. I love his cards. I love him as a player. Um, just think that player of the month card, but think a better version is really all I have to say here. The Pirates are just a, an utter disaster. Going to the Cardinals, it's either going to be Goldschmidt or Arenado. And I'm not going to dive into it farther because both of them will get high diamonds at some point. Arnado might get a gold glove that's super juicy, or he might get a silver slugger. Goldie could get all sorts of type of high diamond cards. So I think both will get one at some point. I just think one of them will be the finest. Pick whoever had the best season. Probably Arnado at this point, but it, I mean Goldie's had a crazy good second half. 
finally, as I flip my page because I ran out of room, we're going to the NL West, the final division. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode so far. Um, it's been a while since I've done like a real deep dive prediction episode like this, but it gets me really channeled into what's going on in the sport. Uh, we're going to start with Arizona. I mentioned they were so hard to come up with. It's because their team is a barren wasteland, and Cattell Marte didn't play enough because uh, he got hurt. So I'm going to go with David Peralta. A really nice swing in the past. He's been a fan favorite. Uh, he's had problems staying healthy lately the last couple seasons, so I think that has maybe taken him off the radar. But the dude had eight home runs and eight triples this year. His his power kind of kind of dropped, but he did hit eight triples, so his gap power is still there. Really nice swing. He hit two sixty seven versus left, which is actually above his season average. So he's going to have a reverse platoon against that. Um, in the past, he's been a right-handed masher. This year, a little little different, a little more balanced. So, probably David Peralta, unless unless the sample size of games doesn't count and they just say, fuck it, Cattell Marte is their best player, he gets the card. I could see that too. We go to Colorado, and finally, finally, people are going to get their juice CJ Crone that they want. Uh, he was shafted, shafted as a player of the month uh, lightning card like he probably should have been. He was the player of the month in baseball that month, but he didn't get it. He hit 281 this year. He's all I have to say is lefty starters beware. Lefty pitchers beware. Uh, I won't start him because Lou Gehrig comes out this week. He is going to be the end game first baseman. Lou Gehrig's going to be. It's a triple crown. Lou Gehrig's going to be disgusting. But CJ Crone off the bench is going to do a lot of damage. He's going to be max power versus lefty and maybe close to max contact. Going to be going to be a demon for the Dodgers. This is one of those teams that could get fucking four or five finest cards. I'm going with Max Muncy because we've yet to get a high diamond of him. We got the 42. He eclipsed the 90 overall threshold on his live series this year. He's had an un- it's a career best season, 36 homers. He actually hit 276 versus lefties and 240 versus right. So he's going to have reverse platoons. That's valuable. Um, give me Max Muncy. I'm all about it. I love his swing. San Diego. We're finally going to get the Fernando Tatis. 42 homers, 25 steals. They will probably make him a gold fielder, even if he doesn't deserve it. You know, with the parallel system especially, I can't see him not at least getting to gold. Um, I know he's had his problems in the field. Trust me, I get it. I'm somebody who watches Glaber Torres and the Yankees infield defense on an almost daily basis. Trust me, I understand. But Tatis is too electric. He's the cover boy. It's called San Diego Studio. I don't know what else you want from me. Endgame Tatis at shortstop. His swing is better than it was last year, in my opinion. I think he's going to be the shortstop to have at the end of the season. Finally, for the Giants. This is a throwback. If you remember at the beginning of the episode, I said cards we still don't have. We still don't have a 99 Buster Posey. And I think it's because they've been waiting. They've seen the season that he's had, and they're like, oh, instead of giving an MVP Posey, we'll give him the finest. He's hit 304, 18 home runs. He's a stellar fielder. He's been incredibly clutch this season. You know, he's not going to wow you with power really anymore, but he's a high-contact guy. Um, if they choose not to give it to Buster, maybe they still do the MVP Buster, they could go Logan Webb. Logan Webb had the day of his life today, clinching, I think he clinched the NL West for the, the Giants. He even hit a home run, which doesn't factor into his overall, but he did hit a home run. He's a sinker-cutter pitcher, so he's the meta. 158 strikeouts and 148.1 innings. I don't think he began the season in the rotation. I think he came up later. But Logan Webb has been a revelation for the Giants. He's been amazing. Um, 
It would be a fan favorite card for Giants fans, certainly. Uh, for me, someone who watches MLB and plays fantasy and stuff like that, uh, Logan Webb would be a great card. And Sinker Cutter with pretty decent control, I'm on board. He's not going to be a dominating pitcher. At least he shouldn't be. Um, but it'll be fun. He'd be fun to use. So, guys, that actually, that's, we just speed read through 30 names and a bunch of stats. Um, <clears throat> my voice is a little hoarse. I need to drink something. But that is going to be this episode. Uh, I hope you guys learned something. I hope you guys were really like, oh, I didn't realize this guy had that season. Listen, if I made mistakes, light me up. <laughs> light me up on Twitter. Light me up on the Facebook group. Light me up somewhere. Please, if I'm wrong, let me know. I'm going to keep this piece of paper, and when Finest comes out, I'm going to keep track and see how I did. Um, I, I I guess, let's say, let's shoot for 60%. Let's shoot for 60% correct. And that seems like a low number, but SDS does some wacky shit. So I'm trying to be safe and keep it low. We're shooting for 60% correct. Um, guys, so next week we will likely have a guest on the podcast. As I said, I don't want to reveal who it is yet. You guys know how I roll. I like to keep that tight to the vest until we record. Because uh, so many things can happen in life that nothing is guaranteed as far as scheduling goes. Just a quick reminder, Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time for a stream. Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern Time for a stream. Uh, if you're hungover Sunday morning, come join me and uh, I'll cheer you up. So, that is it. Thank you guys for listening. If your team is in the playoffs, I wish them the best of luck, unless they're facing the Yankees, in which case, go Yankees. Talk to you guys next week. <laughs>